Welcome to the Bugs Blood and Bone podcast. It's a bi-weekly podcast exploring science, true crime, pop culture, and whatever fun buggy things that happen to crawl across my desk on any given day. So strap on in, hit that subscribe button, because on our first few episodes, we will be focusing on one of the fields closest to my heart, forensic entomology. back to the Bugcast, and today we're going to go with a brief overview of forensic entomology, what it is and what it isn't. But first, let's start with some basic context so we're all coming from the same place. Entomology is the study of insects and their arthropod relatives. There are some more specific terms, say an arachnologist would be studying the uh, arachnids specifically, Uh, but generally entomology is the term that most people would fall under, especially if you're looking at a university context. An entomologist is an entomologist even if they're studying other critters, other invertebrates in other subphyla. Now when I say subphyla, that's because Arthropoda is the phylum of invertebrates that covers all of the insects, their arthropod relatives such as spiders, crabs, harvestmen, daddy long legs is another term for those harvestmen, your trilobites which are the extinct arthropods that you're probably familiar with, and of course our friendly little insects. Now the term forensic, a lot of people like to use this term, but they'll say forensics with that S at the end making it plural. That's kind of become ubiquitous at this point and everyone's just kind of going with it. But for the more nerdy people out there, forensic of the form uh, pertains to means pertaining to the law. So if someone is a forensic scientist, they are applying whatever that particular scientific field is to the law. So a forensic botanist would be someone who studies botany, is a scientist, uh, achieved the learning and study necessary in botany and maybe applying that in a criminal or a civil legal context. Forensics with that S is to debate or discuss. So you can pronounce, you can say forensics as a, as a plural for all forensic sciences. Uh, Most people don't care, but for all those nerdy people out there that like to have that funny, that fine little tiny bit of minutiae to throw at it, throw out at a party, there you go. So a forensic entomologist is someone who is a scientist within entomology who can apply their entomological training and study to a legal context. And this can be if you happen to find, uh, if you have commonly, say, your flies and beetles, as most people seem to think of, in a criminal or civil scenario, and you need to apply that in a court of law or just in the discovery and discussion of possible evidence in a, in a case, that person is then applying their scientific training to that legal context. They're acting as a forensic entomologist, we shall say. Now, forensic entomologists, we may be familiar with this concept, 
from TV, most likely. So your CSI, your Bones. For you uh, older folks, maybe like me, I got introduced through a show called Quincy Emmy, a fun show about a coroner who lived on a boat and was all of the amazing things. Uh, it looks exciting on TV, but the reality is it's long, tedious, boring. On the TV shows, they have much better lighting and much higher budgets from which to draw from. We don't get that. This experience that most people have through television, films, etc., uh, has led to something called the CSI effect, which can be problematic, especially when it comes to investigations or uh, trying a case in the court of law. So you will have people expecting all of this evidence and all of this minutia of examiner being able to say, enhance, enhance, enhance a thousand times until you have a perfect glossy image of some tiny little bit of evidence that was left in a scene uh, just from a photograph. It's unfortunately not uh, not where we're at and I'm not sure we'll be getting there anytime soon. So it leads people to have an expectation of what a forensic scientist can do. We can objectively evaluate the evidence, the data that we have in front of us, relate that to our training and our experience, and then testify to our experience what we have seen based on the evidence at hand. Sometimes we can get very in detail. Sometimes it's just, I, I saw this based on my experience and, and previous studies. This is what this means. And then the jury and the attorneys and et cetera have to come up with their own determination from that. And the other investigators get together uh, and report their findings as well. But what exactly does forensic entomology look like? Again, you go back to that CSI, remember an episode with Grissom and he's doing studies on dead pigs or whatever fun random things he happens to find and gets all giddy about the flies that come and lay their eggs on said corpse. Uh, yes, that is fun. Uh, I, I do have a have an appreciation for you know the stinky things in life. Uh, but there is far more to it than that. There are in fact three subfields of forensic entomology. Those three subfields would be medical legal or your medical criminal, which is what most people seem to think of. In addition to the medical legal entomology, there's also urban entomology, which is basically whenever you have insects and humans interacting in their homes or regional spaces. Now, this doesn't strictly refer to, say, urban versus rural. This can be a legal case that may involve insects, but you are out in the country. You could be the only home for miles on end. It still technically would be urban entomology. In addition, we have what's called stored food products entomology. This is whenever you have foods, uh, whether it's the hamburger you got at the grocery store or a box of cereal that you got at the same time. Uh, this would be any time you have pests infesting that food. Now, with those three in mind, your, your medical, legal, urban, and stored food products, I'm going to relay three little stories, and I want you to think about which of these is most commonly found in a legal context. Which of these scenarios is going to lead to a possible court case? It's a hot summer. Murder is afoot. A body has been found in the woods. Significant maggot mass has been found in the skull and a thoracic region, that's your chest, suggesting a possible wound in that location, possibly from a knife or a gun, something that would have attracted those bugs to that spot. That's your first one. Number two. A home buyer purchases a home. It's an older home, maybe about 100 years, a nice Victorian home or something. You know, they're out in rural Ohio. Finds a wooden beam in the basement. It's been painted black. 
They didn't think about it prior to purchasing the home, but just went along with it. You never know. Some people have odd tastes in decorating. But they find once they're uh, cleaning it up that there has been significant termite damage that they didn't see because of that black paint. In fact, the whole house seems to have at one time been treated or at least had significant termite activity. That's number two. And finally, a family purchases a bunch of hamburgers at their local fast food restaurant. Pick your favorite or least favorite. It's up to you. By the time they get home to eat the burger, a maggot is crawling out of one of the burgers belonging to the children. And it looks all squiggly and disgusting. And the family flips out. Which of those three is most commonly observed in a court of law in the United States? If you said the first one, that lovely murder with the maggoty massive maggots crawling all over the body, you are a wonderful person after my heart, but you would be incorrect. The actual answer to that one would be the second one. Urban entomology, urban forensic entomology, see the most legal cases in this country. This has actually led to many states, uh, at the very least financial institutions, requiring inspections and approval of inspections to be conducted prior to home purchases. Many financing institutions will not allow financing to go through unless a licensed inspector a wood-destroying insect inspector specifically, has done that investigation. Now, termites definitely are not my specialty, but they are fascinating little critters, and I'm sure later on down the road we will have an episode about those little wood-chewing guys. Now, if you thought that burger was going to be number one, I can understand because we hear a lot on the news, and I happen to agree. It's a very fun, very fascinating little field, and there's a little bit more to it than just uh, a maggot crawling out of a burger. You may have heard at one point that there were beetles in your frappuccinos. There were not. Or that maybe there are moths in your cereal. There are. And my personal favorite, that there are wasps in your Fig Newtons. It's possible, but it depends. This is due to the legal allowances of insects and their parts in various food products. These are set down and must be followed. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> you are in violation of the law. The problem isn't so much that they are there, but they have are, that they are there in too high of a quantity above that legally allowed limit. Other times you may have products stored on the shelves that have been there too long and could lead to an increased infestation either from poor storage methods or from the simple uh, fact that there were parts in there that were left too long to do their thing. So you can bet your bot fly that I'll be coming back to that in a future episode because I happen to love talking about those little wasps in our Fig Newtons. And that's it for our first episode of the Bugs, Blood, and Bone podcast. Come on back in two weeks where we have our next episode on the early origins of forensic entomology going all the way back to 13th century China. Following up through about uh, the last hundred years, we'll give you a good overview of how we got to where we are today, a path that may surprise some of you. Coming weeks, we'll have some episodes on maybe termites, stored product pests, one of my favorite topics, entomophagy, which isn't so much about the bugs that eat you, uh, but rather about the bugs that you eat on purpose. I'd like to thank the Underscore Orchestra for their amazing music. Check them on out at the links I'll have below, and then check us out in two more weeks for another episode of the Bugs, Blood, and Bone podcast. And until then, remember, kids, keep calm and carry in.
Boom, boom, boom.